As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that you've joined me and Maxime and Denise. Here we are again tonight. This hey guys. is so much fun, Rick. I, I mean, love this. I mean, we're talking about powerful women. And women, you are powerful. Hallelujah. Last night we talked about Eve. Maxime, did you enjoy that last night? Sir, I've been thinking and thinking about what you said. You said that Adam and Eve, I never thought of it. Adam and Eve had one name before the fall. It really had a great impact on me. I've been thinking about my wife and what you said. I'm, I know it's going to change my family life. Or my wife and I are having wonderful relationships. But now I'm thinking, she and I, there's one name. There's no Maxime. There's no Olga. There's one name. It, it was really powerful. Thank you for that revelation. It really shows God's plan for marriage, real unity in marriage. Love and that. the fact that Eve never had a separate identity until after sin. Isn't that amazing? And you know, husbands and wives are still working to this day to have unity in their marriage. We're trying to get back to where God called us. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. But hey, we're glad you're with us. Thank you for being with us. And we want you to get the series, which is called 10 Powerful Women. And by the way, we're not nitpicking on women. This is good teaching for men as well. And you can get this by going to renner.org or you can give us a call and it comes with a study guide that is free. You can just go download it right now and please do. You should get everything in life that's free. And this one's free. It's our gift to you. And we're also offering you right now a wonderful book called All the Women of the Bible. Everything you wanted to know about the women of the Bible, more than 400 women are profiled. So if you're ever reading the Old <clears throat> or the New Testament and you read the name of someone, you think, I wonder where she came from, who she was, what she did. This book will tell you. It is such a wonderful tool and you can keep it nearby your Bible and you'll use it all the time. And remember that if you need prayer, Rick and Denise Runner and our team, we want to pray for you. We believe in prayer and we really count it a privilege when you call us or when you send us your email to tell us how to pray. We understand what it means to need somebody to pray because many times we call our friends and we say, you know, we need God to do this in our lives. We need this to happen. And it's such a blessing to be able to call someone you trust and know that they will really pray. And if you're in that position, here we are. And if you reach out to us, we will really pray. You can interview our friends and our partners. They will all tell you that when they write to us or call us, we respond and we pray. And if you have a comment, please comment on social media. When I get up tomorrow, I'm going to read what you write. And I want to thank you in advance for letting me know that you've been a part of our big family. Amen. Amen, Denise. Amen. And I want to welcome you, home group. Honestly, it's just a privilege to be with you right now. And, that, and we do. We feel that we're with you. And the, and the Bible says we're, we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of us. And we acknowledge his presence right now because we are gathered in his name. Amen. Maxime, you have anything to say? I'm happy to be here. I'm ready to learn. All right. I got my Bible. You guys got your Bibles? And my Bible. We always use the Bible in home group. And tonight we're going to talk about the woman with no name who changed human 
history. It is amazing, Denise. This powerful, powerful woman. And I'm thinking about how many women have changed history, but we don't know who they are. We don't even know who they are. Maybe we know their husbands, but behind the scenes, there was a wife who was making a big difference so that husband could do what he was doing. Isn't that something? It's, it's powerful. And, and Rick, I know that they're, they're, we would not know their name, but there's women, there's grandmothers, there's mothers that have prayed, prayed, served, believed, and they've seen God do great things. And those women, though you don't know their name, maybe that's you, you're powerful in God's eyes, and you're a powerful woman. You know, I said last night that women can be manipulative and conniving and evil, or they can be godly, supportful, helpful, delivering. It really depends on what God has done in their hearts. And the same thing can be said about men. So I'm not nitpicking on women. It's really true about all of us. What God has done in our hearts determines who we are. And I said last night, that no one wants to name their baby Jezebel because she was a woman that used her influence in the wrong way. There was an example of a woman who had no touch of God on her heart. But you're going to see in just a few days, she was really a very talented woman. But it was talent that just was used by her flesh. She destroyed her husband. She destroyed her sons. She destroyed her nation. She was so conniving and manipulative. But tonight we're going to look at an example of a woman who really must have had an amazing touch of God on her heart. Honey, she must have been amazing. And we're talking about the woman with no name who changed history, and this was Noah's wife. What a powerful, powerful woman. I think she's one of the greatest women that have ever lived. But I call her the woman with no name because the Bible doesn't tell us much about her. We don't even know her name, but she changed human history. It's amazing. But in Genesis 6, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons. That is hysterical. Did he begat them by himself? I think he had a wife. She's not even mentioned in this verse. And Noah begat three sons, Ham, uh, Shem, and Jephthah. So when you come to verses 8 to 10, we find that Noah's family lived at a time when the earth was so corrupt. That's another whole teaching we'll get to later. But God decided he would destroy it. And when we come to chapter 6, verse 11, it says, The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. Verse 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. The word behold means even God was amazed. Wow, it is amazing. Even God was stunned by what he saw. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth, and only one righteous family was left in the world. That shows the patience of God. Can you imagine? God waited until the last stroke before he brought destruction. When there was only one righteous family left, God said, okay, now it's time for me to act. And we're told in Genesis 6, 8, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Verse 10, and Noah begat three sons. Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. But again, 
Where is his wife? She is not even mentioned in this verse. Well, I don't think that Noah had these boys by himself. He obviously had a wife. But imagine the pressures that were on the Noah family as they determined they were going to be righteous, they were going to walk with God, surrounded by a world that was so corrupt, God decided to destroy it. The pressures against this family to conform and to modify, very similar to what people feel today. It must have been very intense. But when you go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it gives us more insight to Noah. Listen to what it says. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear, and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And when the Bible says not seen as yet, it means not yet, never before, nobody had ever heard or ever seen of anything like a worldwide flood. In fact, there had never even been rain. No one had ever seen rain. The book of Genesis tells us that a mist came up from the earth and watered the earth every day. There had never even been rain until this moment. So imagine when Noah began to announce water was going to fall out of the sky, nobody had ever heard of such a thing. They thought he was an absolute nut. And then he began to describe a worldwide flood. People thought he had lost his mind. But he knew he had heard from the Lord. And the Bible says he moved with fear. It means to take action urgently and seriously and prepared an ark. The word prepared is a Greek word, which means he put forth all the effort necessary to build an ark for the saving of his house. I'm going to read to you from my notes. Noah built the ark and waited for the flood for years and years and years. And you need to get my whole series called God's Hall of Faith, where I really cover the faith of Noah. It will encourage you. But during that time, Noah and his wife, whoever she was, and whatever her name was, held the family together. And they taught their sons and their sons' wives, and we don't know their names either, to walk wholly before the Lord, regardless of the ridicule and the pressures that were being leveled against them. And for about a hundred years, they built and built and built and built and built. They believed and believed and believed they used their family resources. They gave their energy. They stayed focused for a hundred years. You know, Denise, most people can't stay focused for a week. Can you imagine staying on track with your vision for a hundred years? I think about building programs and ministry programs. If it goes too long, people kind of lose their focus. This family maintained their focus for a hundred years, they stood together against laughter, against pressure, against financial challenges to build the ark. I can't even imagine the things people said about them. I think there were probably a lot of Noah jokes told in those days. And you know what? If we heard them, I bet they were really funny jokes. But they were the brunt of jokes, for sure. There had never been a flood so it's doubtful that the people understood what was coming, but Noah's family quietly followed, submitted, helped Noah and their husbands to do what was required. And Noah's wife had to make a choice.
I can stand by my husband and I can support him or I can really question him and pull him down. I can get him to stop this. I'm telling you, wives are powerful. They are so powerful. She could have argued about the money he was spending. Can I, mean, I add something? It must have been a fortune. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1 says that a wise woman, she builds up her house, but a foolish one tears it down with their own hands. Now that is power. And Noah's wife, whoever she is, she could have torn down the whole thing. But she was wise and she was standing by her husband in this impossible looking dream and vision and purpose. But she was standing by him. And I think that's really powerful, Rick. Honey, she could have also said, sweetheart, you are destroying our son's future. Do you realize what a horrible name you're creating for our family by this nutty stuff that we're doing? You are destroying our son's future. You are wasting our family resources. You are spending too much money. She could have said all of that. And making it even harder, I think, was that she never heard God speak. Noah is the only one that heard God speak. She was just trusting that he really heard. Can you imagine how she had to surrender to God? There had to be a work of God in her heart. And there really might have been a few moments when she said, sweetheart, I just need to ask you honestly. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you absolutely <laughs> sure that God has spoken to you and has told you to do this? Because she didn't hear God speak. She just had to trust that her husband heard. And I'm sure there were even times when Noah's sons said, Dad, love you. We're willing to follow you, but we just have to ask you. <laughs> Are you, are you really sure this is what God wants us to do? It was natural to ask those questions. This is a remarkable family that had been trained well. The very fact that they held together and followed means these parents had really poured something right into their kids. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's amazing. It shows the power that parents have. It shows the power that women have to put the Word of God in their children. And I'm just thinking, Rick, about her stance, her determination, because reasoning, 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 and, the, and coming against what God had said. And we have to just like plant our feet in the ground and say, I'm not going to be moved by this reasoning, which is against my faith and stand with our faith. And she's a powerful example of standing by a word from God. Well, 2 Peter 2.5 also says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And by the Jews, Noah was called a prophet. He is the prophet Noah. And Noah preached. So when the people came around the ark and laughed, that ark became his pulpit. He was a preacher of righteousness. He preached to the crowds, but they did not respond. But regardless of the world's criticism, and regardless of questions from his own family, and even the personal questions that probably weighed on his own mind, Noah stuck with God's plan. But, Denise, he had a wife right at his side. And she could help, or she could hinder. And if, if Noah and his wife fought and argued, 
The Bible does not tell us about it. It is just not there. And finally, Genesis 7, 7 says, And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. Verse 7. And Noah went in with his sons and his wife, whatever her name was, and his sons' wives with him, whatever their names were, into the ark. But here's what I want to say. Listen, guys. Think how the sons' wives were watching Mrs. Noah. They were watching her. They needed her example. They needed their mother-in-law to show them how to do it right. Because those girls were tagging along in the same walk of faith. They were probably thinking about the money and thinking about their future and thinking about what people were saying about them. And if they had seen Mrs. Noah flinch, if they had seen Mrs. Noah argue with Noah and question and hinder him and just create a mess, they, they would have said to their sons, what in the world are we doing? They're not even in agreement. They had their eyes fixed on their mother-in-law. Honey, you're powerful as a mother-in-law, and I know that our daughter-in-laws, they watch you all the time, and what a great example they have. Oh, thank you, Rick. I know that, I know that women, we have power, and that we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account for what we did with the Word of God and Holy Spirit inside of us. And what an opportunity <coughs> we have to be an example before our daughters or our daughters-in-law because they may have had a bad example. You don't know. Everybody's looking for a good example. Everybody. Everybody's looking for a hero. That's why these children, they watch all these shows. And that's why you and I watched shows when we were young. We were looking for a hero. And honey, I'm thinking of how many girls have had mothers who are not supportive of their husbands. And very often when they get married, they do exactly what their own mother did. They carry all that bad stuff into their own marriage. But if they have a mother-in-law who is a good example, it can change everything for that girl. Well, and the, the daughter-in-laws might not be open to what you have to say, and you shouldn't ever push on them. But they're watching. They're watching for sure. Your example is powerful. But if Mrs. Noah argued or hindered Noah, it naturally would have made those girls question everything and question their own husband's leadership. But when we come to Genesis 7, verse 13, the Bible says, In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Jephthah, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife. There she is again no name, and the three wives, we don't know their names, of his sons with them into the ark. And then when the flood was over, God said in Genesis chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, and God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife. <laughs> I wish we knew her name. But you go out of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, we know their names, and thy son's wives, we don't know their names, verse 17, bring forth with thee 
every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. Verse 18, And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, whoever her name was, and his sons' wives with him, whoever they were. Verse 19, Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds. And then listen to this, Noah built an altar. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 8, verse 20, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and burned burnt offerings on the altar. Now let me ask you, think he was doing all that by himself? Where was his wife? Well, this unnamed, unknown woman, she was right there. It is guaranteed that when they built that altar was the first altar after the flood. She was right at his side. She was worshiping with her husband. That is powerful, Denise. And in Genesis 8, verse 21, the Bible says, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore. I want you to think about something. When that door was opened, and they walked out, what did they find? Mud. Most people don't think about that. They think, oh, they, the boat landed, they all came out, they inherited the earth. What did they inherit? They inherited a mess a mess. Right now, certain parts of the United States are flooded. You know, it doesn't take much water to really destroy everything. Just a few inches of excess rain can create a mess. What if the whole earth had been flooded? The currents moving, the earth being changed, everything being removed, and then suddenly all that water moving begins to go back into its places. What's left? Mud. Look at what they inherited. And if she said, this is what we worked for all these years, it's not recorded in the Bible. She had an opportunity again to be supportive or to really be upset. And if she was upset, there's no record of it in the Bible. This was a powerful, powerful woman. She stood by her husband. It is amazing. And Noah's wife and his son's wives helped. And together, they became the progenitors of the human race. It's amazing to me. The human race. And in Genesis 9, verse 28, the Bible says, and Noah lived after the flood 350 years, verse 29. And all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. So how are we going to wrap this up? With some questions. If you're married, I want to ask, do you support your husband and the call of God on his life? All right, question number two. This is a hard one. If you were to ask your husband and he answered you truthfully, would he say he feels your support or he feels that you resist him?
Is it possible that God has not given him a bigger assignment because he knows he doesn't have support at home? Or is it possible that God keeps giving your husband new and bigger assignments because you're such a blessing and you're such a support? God knows all of that. There's a lot to learn from Noah's nameless wife, Denise. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter if you're nameless or not. It's what you did with your life. Nobody may never praise your name, but God saw what you did. And that's what's going to last forever is your reward of what you did. And though you were nameless, it's what you did and you'll be rewarded forever. Such powerful things women can be. But like men, like women, it all depends on what God has done inside the heart. And so I'm praying that God will touch my heart. I'm praying that God will touch your heart, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. And that we have hearts that God can use to change history. Father, we thank you mm. in the name of Jesus that you want to change all of our hearts. Mm. Lord, you've given us talents and gifts. Help us not to use them in the wrong way. Help us, Lord, that you would work through us to be godly, to be helpful, to be supporting and to be delivering of others. In Jesus' name, amen. We're out of time, but we'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to talk about the next powerful woman. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.